Welcome back to Conscious Contemplation. I'm your host, Amelia Finn, and today I have a really nice episode with Chris Blackmore. We did an interview all around his business, Herbal Hindsight, and the products he sells for returning people to wholeness and helping with their healing. So if you've ever wondered what benefits you can get from something like CBD, this is the podcast for you. But I did want to start off with this quote. I read it the other day and I thought this is really nicely explaining consciousness and what it means to have a conscious contemplation. So in our consciousness, there are many negative seeds and also many positive seeds. The practice is to avoid watering the negative seeds and to identify and water the positive seeds every day. And by consuming this podcast, I really do believe you are watering those positive seeds because Chris is a really positive person, so I'm sure you are going to get something out of this. And yeah, enjoy listening wherever you are on your day or night and make sure to leave us a review to help other people find us and yeah, enjoy the episode. Excited for us to talk today. Thank you for coming on. If you would please introduce yourself. Awesome. Thanks, Amelia. Thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, my name's Chris Blackmore. Um, I'm the uh, the self-appointed master alchemist of Ooh, Herbal Hindsight. what a name. <laughs> of, um, of Herbal Hindsight, um, which is a project of mine that um, sort of came into being, um, I don't know, maybe like maybe like seven, eight years ago. And it's only really as, a, as an idea, right? And everything begins as an idea. Um, and it was really the last two to three years that I started to manifest it into the physical reality, um, launching the website and then starting off at the local farmer's market and various other festivals and expos around South Australia. Um, and so my background um, really is, I've had a, always had a fascination with herbal medicine um, for you know as long as I can remember. Uh, and I've particularly, I've grown up um, with seeing firsthand some of the harm that pharmaceutical medic- medications have, have and, and may cause people um, and knowing that there's just in my heart that there's an alternative option here and it's ironic that it's considered an alternative option as considering it came before what's considered mm-hmm. mainstream medicine now. So um, not to waffle onto that too much. Um, so my, my passion has really um, birthed from there around looking for the natural medicines that nature provides us and uh, now I find myself in a position of uh, sharing my experiences and my knowledge and what I learn as I go with anyone that wants to hear it. So it's exciting to be invited on to this podcast to be able to share share my passion with a larger array of people and and get this information out there and you know herbal hindsight in hindsight it's 2020 vision so hindsight we look backward and we go wow that's actually really obvious so i tune into the ancestral law l-o-r-e and wisdom of natural medicines to move forward and you know plant the seeds of tomorrow knowing that what i do today will will um, potentially help the future generations Mm-hmm. Amazing. So if we were to take it back a bit, because the best part for me is I learn new things about my guests as well. You said that, um, you know, you've always been so interested in the herbal medicine. Uh, tell us more about how that 
curiosity got started for you? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, like my mum will even tell me when I was a little tacker, um, I used to love being out in the garden and, and planting, planting seedlings and, and, and little plants like, you know, on that level um, and learning from that young age of what, what's bad and what's poisonous and what to avoid, um, just poisonous plants in the garden. And, and yet, as I, as, as I was growing older, um, witnessing um, some really uh, – challenging experiences, I guess you'd say, um, of, um, different mental distress and, and, and stress and, and, uh, anxiety and depression around those, uh, in those around me rather. Um, I, there was then sort of seeking my own balance within myself. And, um, it may come as no surprise to a lot of people that it was actually, um, cannabis that started me on this journey firsthand on a personal level, on on um, finding that inner peace and that inner calm within me, and I mean I could talk <laughs> so much on that one plant alone. Um, it's absolutely phenomenal, um, and of course you know that opened up a can of worms because it's like oh but that's bad. You know we're we're taught that that's bad, that it's negative and it's a drug, and and yet like it's a, it's a hard one to continue that conversation around drugs without defining what we mean by drugs. Uh, because, you know, say in America, for example, you have a drug store um, and that's considered a place to go to get medicines, but then you've also got the war on drugs. So it's like this double-edged um, sword, this these contradictory statements that are you know, all around us. Um, and so I guess, yeah, discovering within my own journey of what's helped me find a balance and helped me um, come back home to myself and ease, stress, and tension. And it, and it started with cannabis, but it certainly didn't stop with cannabis. And I'm certainly not going to advocate that people go out and uh, just randomly go acquire cannabis and start consuming it um, without any guidance and without um, discussing it with any health professionals because I can, I said it's a double-edged sword. Um, all plants, all, all of these things have a, are a double-edged sword. You know, um, Paracelsus, uh, as an ancient philosopher, is famous for saying that uh, the the difference between a medicine and a poison is dose. So mm. what what can can cure us can also uh, cause harm and um, and vice versa, depending on how it's used, depending on what parts use them, and depending on dose. Um, so you know I I can speak from firsthand experience that cannabis didn't always serve me, but in saying that ironically, it served me to show me that it didn't serve me until I realized that I didn't need it to come to that realization, but I did need it to come to that realization <laughs> that, that, I, that I didn't need it, right? So, and that was my personal journey. So I'm not going to say that's for everyone, but, um, and yeah, so, and, and really at the end of the day, what I've come to learn with that is um, it's reflective of the relationship with myself. So anything outside of me is reflective of the relationship within my own being. And, um, and so the cannabis definitely showed me that and just allowed me to step back. And, and so from there, um, can I just ask, what would you say to someone who has had that experience? Like at first it was such a good tool for them to open up and relax and whatever it gave them. And then it got to a point where, like you just said, it was showing you that it didn't serve you and showing parts of yourself that you needed it to see, but then it showed it to you too much and whatever. What would you say to someone who is kind of at that point with that plant and is ready to kind of move on and like, is there something else they could possibly try or? 
Beautiful question. So, um, yeah. Um, so, oh, wow. Okay. Where do I begin with the answer? So to elaborate a little bit um, on what I mean by, you know, at first it, it showed me how, how to come back home to myself and balance. And then it was showing me that it basically became a crutch and, um, in a nutshell, I became reliant on it to, um, on a level, numb my stresses happening outside of me rather than actually um, take action and, and make changes within my behaviour and within myself. Uh, and I would personally suggest this is not just um, limited to cannabis. Um, I would also suggest this is another great example of this is nicotine, it's tobacco. Um, and so I've had a lot of people come to me over the years and ask me that question, essentially that you asked me as like, are there alternatives? What else can I do? And, and there are other herbs you can smoke, um, um, that can help basically calm the nervous system. Um, and essentially this is what we're doing. Um, and so yeah, it's coming back to being honest with yourself. Why? Why do you find yourself where you are? Why Why did you start smoking cannabis Why or, or eating it or however you're, you're consuming it um, or, or tobacco? We'll throw them in together. Um, or, um, and, and what did you get from it? What does it give you? Um, and are you able to give that to yourself and um, and how? So, you know, uh, for, for me, my personal experience, um, I mean, I, to be really transparent with you, I smoked cannabis for over 20 years before I had a solid 12-month break of absolutely nothing. The longest break I'd ever had was four months in that time. And um, it served me in so many ways for anything from easing stress and anxiety to helping with insomnia to um, uh, easing pain, so back pain when I've, I've injured my back several times throughout my life and and just recognising um, the benefits that that brought. And, and yet, so that ideally in that situation... Um, if where possible, strengthen the core, strengthening the core muscles and strengthening the back and the legs um, uh, as obviously a better long-term solution, whereas the cannabis allowed me to stop, reflect and go, right, um, I need to slow down. I need to start taking better care of myself. Um, and so what are the alternatives that I can use that offer those same sort of benefits but without the you know potential um, well, what they refer to in the literature, a motivational syndrome, which is essentially where, um, you know, it's that, that, um, stereotype of stoners being lazy. It's not hundred percent true. Um, but there is that element of where it can demotivate people. And, and so you're not being true to who you are and doing what you really want to do. So what alternatives do we have? Well, there's all, always CBD, which is still a cannabis product, but it's the non-psychoactive form of medical cannabis. It's generally derived from hemp. Um, that offers pretty much all of those benefits I've spoken of, but without the intoxication effects. Um, then you've got other herbs like Damiana, which is great for anxiety and depression on a mild level. Um, maybe things like St. John's wort, which is, um, uh, you know, it's a lot of people have heard of that one and you want to be cautious if you're using certain pharmaceuticals just to put that disclaimer in um, with using various herbs. And St. John's wort is a good example of that. If you're using SSRIs, it can actually contraindicate them and have a, a negative effect. Um, and the cannabis is definitely one of those as well. There's a lot of different medications out there that you want to be wary of. And this is why I, I made a point of saying I'm not, advocating people to just go out and take these things themselves without 
um, being educated and having a, a guide and a, you know facilitator, whether it be a health practitioner, which is obviously the ideal one, especially if you're taking pharmaceutical drugs, um, to just make sure. I mean, the whole point of all of this is is to improve our quality of life, mm-hmm. um, and that's been my journey and and improving the quality of life of others. Um, there is no magic silver bullet for anything, I believe, um, other than ourselves. And that's a whole other talk again, but I feel like coming back home to ourselves, um, what I've learned over the years is uh, effectively everything has its own unique resonant frequency and um, there is nothing outside of us that isn't, if if it's having an effect on us within, it's activating something we already have within us. And cannabis is a great example of that because we have the endocannabinoid system. Um, uh, Are you familiar with the endocannabinoid system? No, feel free to geek out and ask us all you want. So so the endocannabinoid system um, is, or the ECS for short, because obviously it's quite a mouthful to keep saying over and over, is the main regulatory system in in the mammalian body that uh, maintains homeostasis, which is in a balance. When you think about the opposite of dis-ease is ease. It's the normal natural state. and when I say mammalian, it's all mammals have this this um, ECS. Uh, so this is inclusive of dogs and rats and cats and dogs and so on and so forth. Of course, humans. <laughs> um, and and so when that's out of balance, um, it, we then start showing symptoms in various areas. And um, so the really great example I would give the way I like to try and simplify this as much as I can because it's a massive topic. Um, in my experience, when I've discovered when I'm stressed, I release more cortisol, which is the stress hormone. Um, and, of course, what comes with that is adrenaline, particularly in times of flight or fright, uh, when our parasympathetic nervous system is on high alert. Um, and this, this is a very amazing um, ad- advancement in the human condition that you know, has got us to this point because it served a purpose back, back when we were hunter-gatherers in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you're being chased by a lion, you want to be able to run, you want that yeah. adrenaline to kick in, you need that, that flow. Um, of course, so many people these days, I would suggest particularly over the last few years of what's been happening globally, um, we've, we all find ourselves in various levels of um i mean i would almost call it a blanket term at um social ptsd or species ptsd where like society itself has post-traumatic stress disorder where we are uh, our whole systems have been rattled um and uh you know we find ourselves anxious and concerned about um what's coming next you know is that lion waiting for us or on the other side of the road over there and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. so we actually have the tools within us, in my experience, to bring us out of this space and nature is there to nurture and guide us through this, um, of course, with guidance and with uh, knowledge and awareness. And there's not one thing that's going to work for everyone. Um, so going back to the ECS, uh, it's, it, one of the, the major things it does is it's a really powerful anti-inflammatory um, uh, in the terms of CBD itself is a really powerful anti-inflammatory and the main, the main function of um, cannabinoids, which I know I'm sort of jumping around the place here, um, but cannabinoids coined their name because they were first discovered through the research of cannabis um, and that was when the, the endocannabinoid system was first discovered. 
Uh, ironically, when the US government had funded the study to uh, demonstrate the toxicity of the cannabis plant, and then they stumbled upon this entire, entirely new system in, in the mammalian body. Um, and uh, so not to just limit it to cannabis either, but um, um, there are so many herbs that interact with this system. And you mentioned earlier um, traditional Chinese medicine um, in, our, in our, our chat earlier. And, mm. I mean, TCM is 2,500 years old. Uh, thereabouts, um, over 2,500 years old. And it, a lot of it's actually um, directly interrelated with uh, Ayurvedic medicine, which is well over 5,000 years old. And in the little bit of research I've done on both of these, I see the direct correlation between what they're working with and the endocannabinoid system um, as being at the forefront of of how the bodily systems can balance themselves. This Um, might be a weird question, but where is the endocannabinoid system? I think that's how you say it. Where is it located in the body? Like, is it all over or...? Uh, so great question. Yes, it is all over. So there are receptors, what are called um, cannabinoid receptors found all throughout the body. Um, and this is where a chart in front of me would be awesome right now because there are so many of them. They, so they're, they're, they're found all throughout the, um, the nervous system, the brain, um, even the, the, the skin. Um, okay. So does it like connect each of those areas to each other? Correct. Yeah. So and it's that's like, a, like the power of it is like the fact that it's actually bringing them together. Correct. So it's it's like okay. a regulatory. It's like a regu- regulation system or a modulation system. So, um, yeah, that is a good way of explaining it. Mm. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And um, so CBD, you would recommend? Is there um, like obviously you sell CBD, so. What else would you like to tell people about how they could introduce that into their lifestyle for some extra support if they didn't want to, you know, dabble with cannabis, which is probably best, um, this option is for them? Yeah, look, so um, CBD or cannabidiol um, is one of about 118 cannabinoids found in the cannabis plant. Um, There is also the acid forms of CBD. So there's CBDA and the CBD, and all the other cannabinoids have an acid form as well. So the other one that people are well aware of is THC, uh, which also has a THCA. Um, and they, uh, they, they have their own effects upon their own right. And the main reason I sort of mention them is, you know, it's, it's, it's not black and white. Um, so I try and keep it simple because it gets very complex very quickly. But in essence, uh, there's two forms that of, of, of CBD that I work with. Um, one is raw, which is, as it sounds, it's been cold-pressed extracted using um, inert CO2 gas, so there's no solvents being utilised, so there's no, no um, uh, traces of any, any solvents left over in the, in the end product. Um, it's just as nature intended. They've cold press extracted it out of the plant and put it into a bottle, and that's it. That's rich in CBDA, um, and then it has traces of CBD. Now, the major difference between the two and, and how they differentiate is CBD has been decarboxylated, which is just a fancy word for being put through a heating process. Um, so the raw form will contain CBD as well as CBDA because the sun is hot and the sun will naturally heat it up on the plant. 
Um, then there is just CBD, which tends to be the buzzword these days. Uh, very few people seem to know, although more it is changing, but more and more people are f- more familiar with CBD than CBDA. Uh, CBD has its own properties. Without going into the full uh, outlay of every single aspect of it, the major difference between the two of them is they're both powerful anti-inflammatories and they're both um, powerful anti-emetics and both powerful anti-proliferatives. So anti-emetic meaning um, good for um, the prevention of an ease of nausea and anti-proliferative means it helps to stop the growth and spread of tumour cells. However, the raw has shown in studies to be even more effective than the decarb for those things. Um, When it comes to anxiety and it comes to insomnia, CBD is um, on a a subtle level, it's it's subtly sedating. So it helps to um, calm the nervous system down at nighttime, uh, whereas the CBDA has been shown to be subtly stimulating. So in an ideal world, you would want to take CBDA in the morning and CBD at night um, if that was an option. And I've seen various people do that with great results. Um, it's there is I, I, In my experience, so I've been working with, with these compounds themselves for over six years now. And from what I've observed within myself and others, um, there is no one standardized dosage for everyone. Uh, There are various factors that go into how this works within the body um, and what's going to be more effective. I mean, what might work for me may not work for you. You might need Mm -hmm. half half the amount or you might need double the amount or triple the amount. Um, And there's factors like diet. There's, you know, there's, there's, there's factors like, uh, um, what the ailment is, uh, there may be genetic factors. Um, are you taking any other medications, whether they be herbal or non-herbal? Um, so many, when you start getting into it, there's so many various factors, but I mean, um, so would you kind of help someone through that process? Like if they, to the best of, I can, to the best I can, um, yeah, I mean, you kind of need to check with them, you know, a couple of months to see how it's going. Hey, and ideally maybe yeah. altering and, yeah. yeah, yeah, ideally. I mean, I always encourage people to work with their, their health practitioner with this process as well. Um, and unfortunately, there's still a lot of ignorance out there in that field um, where people want to do that, but their doctors might not be supportive um, or they might just not. It's not even that they're not supportive. That just might literally be ignorant to the topic. Ignorance just means without awareness. So they're just, they're, they're, they're burnt out. They're got their hands full and they've got a lot to remember as it is. So unless they're specializing in that field, it's, um, you know, it's, it's hard for them to be, to speak it from a, a knowledge base. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, there are some fantastic doctors out there now popping up more and more who are more than happy to work with people. Um, and, um, you know, I often refer people to those GPs as well. I um, mean, we, it's such a, it's such a strange um, landscape we find ourselves in, um, around this, um, this, these particular products, because um, doctors at this point uh, aren't, to my knowledge, still aren't allowed to actively advertise um, what they do. Um, so it's largely word of mouth and referrals. Um, so I'm happy, more than happy, to support those doctors and support people. Yeah. So you have a, a few doctors that you know that are really like you know educated on the products and we'll work with someone to help them get that good dosage and see their results and everything. 
Yeah, yeah, I can definitely recommend people. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say That's exciting. Them. I'm not going to no, share but them. But just like to today, know but... that they're out there, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, there was a medical cannabis um, uh, seminar that I went to back in, um, oh, it would have been like 2018, I reckon, 2017, 2018, um, that was um, really pushed and encouraged by Dr. David Caldicott, who's a huge medical cannabis advocate. I can say his name. He's very public about it. Um, and he's actually stationed um, at the, or he was, um, at the Calgary Hospital in Canberra. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he, he went out of his way to bring a lot of this knowledge together and to connect people and to get the information out to the politicians and the, the sick people looking for this as well um, to sort of encourage the, you know, this, this industry to be more widely accepted and understood. Um, and I can't think of his name right now, and there's maybe a reason for that, but there was a very well-known GP in Adelaide that actually opened the seminar, and he opened it with an apology on behalf of his fellow colleagues that had their heads stuck in the sand. <laughs> so, so the legislation's out there um, in South Australia. It's actually not too bad. It's better than what I thought it was, but the, the majority of doctors are still very ignorant to this as a medicine. Um, and, and essentially the way it works is um, often, more times often than not, if they're going by the textbook, they have to trial all these other options before they're allowed to then go, oh, let's try CBD. Um, that is changing, and it has changed in the time I've been working with it. So it was um, initially Schedule 4, and you had to go to a specific cannabis prescribing doctor to be able to get a prescription for a therapeutic purpose. Um, however, February last year, it was changed to Schedule 3, which essentially means that it's um, approved products are available over the counter at a pharmacy. Um, however, the frustration I personally find there is um, there are no approved products in Australia, um, through the TGA, but not a single one. And yet a doctor, there's about, oh, don't quote me on this necessarily, but there's uh, there's uh, well over 50 to 60 different cannabis products available. Um, I mean, this is going back probably six months, so it's probably grown since then. Um, but none of them are TGA approved. Um, however, that and why is... why is that? Ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, Political? Very political, um, yeah. and essentially, I mean, like that's a big can of worms to open up, and I'd, I'm more than happy to open it up. I'm just mindful of, of like time because um, there's a lot of other things to talk about. But um, essentially, you know, I, I do feel like I can share a bit of information I've been shared from the inside that uh, obviously in the last few years um, the, in the US and Canada there has been an enormous shift um, and it's because the politics is shifting, um, in, in particularly around CBD. And so there's a lot of people out there who've invested in that industry who became multimillionaires within months. And those people, some of those big players, are actually wanting to inject a lot of that into the Australian market. Um, so in a nutshell, for a TGA product, for a product, one product to be approved through the TGA, the process uh, can take anywhere up to two years in clinical trials and up to three to $350,000 per product. There's your answer. That's why we don't have TGA approved. That's a lot of products. money. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so if you can't patent the product and you can't um, cash in on your patent at the end of the trials, then you're less inclined from a business model to want to invest such a huge amount of money. And into, that's why big pharmaceutical that, companies have so much money. 
Correct. <laughs> Correct. And, you know, it, we don't have to go into the conspiracy theory side of any of it. Um, no, yes. I wouldn't say it's theory at all. I'd just say it's a, it's a business model that has served the few, which hasn't served the many, but that is shifting. Um, and so, you know, particularly over the next, um, I would suggest, 12 to 12 months to two years, we're going to see massive changes in this field. Um, and I'm very excited to see it. Um, what in the research I've done, um, CBD oil has a, a safer, a, 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 uh, yeah, safer, healthier safety profile than table sugar. So like processed sugar. So it's, it's far safer than sugar. I would suggest it's far safer than Panadol. You can't effectively overdose on it in my experience. Uh, whereas you can buy Panadol in the supermarket. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's just crazy. Um, the CBD okay. like benefits the, 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 as, as to sort of in summary answer your initial question like really easily. Um, CBD and CBDA, you, the major difference, CBDA or the raw form that can effectively be you, you, uh, utilized for potential benefits over you know, such a huge array of issues. Whereas I did kind of touch on it anyway, CBD is more so insomnia and um and anxiety, but I mean, you've got you've got neurological disorders. You've got um, ADD, ADHD, autism, Tourette's, epilepsy. Then there's diabetes. There's MS. There's fibromyalgia. There's um, uh, motor neuron disease. There's cancers. There's um, such a huge variety. Irritable bowel syndrome or um, IBD, as I think it's called now. Um, Essentially, imbalances in the body, and and there's there's studies coming out now that show that um, the, the 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 endocannabinoid system is and and you know particularly cannabis derived um, can, cannabinoids um, show huge promise for treating a majority of these sorts of diseases that are showing up in um, and of course depression. I didn't mention depression. Um, in in trials, things like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia, as well. So CBD has been shown to be uh, to promote the growth of new neural pathways. And um, when they've said for you know for for decades now that cannabis kills brain cells, I mean they are technically correct. Um, it's THC in particular induces cell apoptosis in cancerous cells, which means it tells them to die. <laughs> Program cell apoptosis is cell death. So cancer cells are replicating themselves, but they're not dying and they're spreading and, that, and you know, that's why it causes a problem. So, so yeah, there's, it's interesting. It's a very interesting subject and it's what started the whole journey for me. Um, and the more I researched it, the more I questioned the government to be completely transparent because I was told that it was bad and that, um, you know, it's a drug and it doesn't, it doesn't offer all these benefits. So the more I've researched it and more I've discovered that's not true, the more I've questioned that whole structure. And then the more I've started to look out and go, what else are they saying that isn't hundred percent accurate? And that opened a huge can of worms because I mean, this has been going on for a very long time. And I feel we're living in a time where, um, you know, the, we are the ones we've been waiting for. We are our ancestors reincarnate and we carry that knowledge within us, um, through us. The Nothing is actually lost. Um, it's just hidden for good reason a lot of the time. And even when we've had book burnings in the past, that knowledge still comes back. It still comes back at the right time in the right ways. And another great example of, of what I'm saying there is, say, like the uh, original people of Australia, uh, how they didn't have anything written down. And yet that knowledge is coming back around as well. And it's, mm-hmm. 
you know, without going into a whole other tangent, it's in the field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, like you said, this is what started your journey. Was this the job that you wanted to do, like growing up? Is this like your dream job or, you know, is there somewhere else you want to expand with this? Wow, what an amazing question! Um, Curious to know. Uh, yeah, I've never I've never been asked that before, to be honest. Um, so when I was when I was like four, probably four or five years old, apparently I wanted to be a cop, um, and and then I wanted to be a firefighter. And another a few years later, um, but where I find myself now, I guess, um, what is the ideal job? I mean, uh, it's hard to call it a job as well because it's it's more of a passion and it's it's like I there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the in the background of these sorts of you know projects that can be quite time consuming and energetically consuming. But then when I'm out in the field doing what I love, it's it's it feeds my spirit, it feeds my soul. So what it was my what did I I, I wouldn't have seen myself doing this no, um, in a way where it can sustain me. Uh, would, is, would be ideal, um, where it's just purely sustaining me. Um, I guess, like, I just see myself as a messenger of sorts, um, where I've, I've had some amazing knowledge and experience come to me throughout my journey, and I'd like to share that with others. And if that can work for me, then why would I not do it? It's almost like, you know, my, my gifts and my, my gifts are not my gifts. They're for everyone else. And if I'm not sharing them, I'm doing the universe a disservice, you know, and someone said that to me years ago and it hit home. It's like, wow, that's so true. Um, mm. So, I mean, yeah, like what is the end goal? I mean, the end goal, I guess, is to grow and expand and share this knowledge far and wide with as many people that may benefit as possible. Okay. Well, on that note, let's share one more of your favorite products or your best sellers or another herb that you really want people to know and understand about before we end. Cool. So, um, what comes to mind, uh, as as you know, there's quite a few in the range now. Um, what comes to mind is propolis. Um, now, um, propolis, um, etymologically speaking, and I encourage people, if you don't know what etymology is, on a side note, um, if you just listen to this and you go away with wanting to find out what etymology is, then we've all won because etymology is the study of the origins of words. So when we start to understand where our word came from, we start to understand what we're saying. We start to understand. Can you spell that for us? <laughs> sure. So it's uh, <laughs> E-T-Y-M-O-L-O-G-Y, etymology. Okay. I've been given um, some homework. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the etymology of propolis, um, essentially in the Latin um, uh, root, root words, um, essentially translates into meaning defender of the city, which is quite fascinating. Um, so propolis, if you don't know what propolis is, is not created by bees, but it's collected by bees. And this kind of ties in with um, the endocannabinoid system as well in an indirect way um, because essentially it's a collection. It, it's The bees are going out and they're collecting various resins from various trees and shrubs and bushes and plants um, in the area. 
And the studies I've read on what why they do this, because it's still very misunderstood. Why Bees put enormous effort into this, and they don't actually eat it. Uh, they, they're creating an external barrier that protects their hive from the threat of bacteria and, um, um, like, parasites. And, uh, and, and a really good example... It doesn't stop everything. It does minimise a lot of harm to the beehive, whereas a lot of um, threats would otherwise wipe them out. Uh, but the best example I can think of is if, a, if say, a, a mouse or a rat got into the hive, which they could easily get into a hive, um, they can't be killed by... Um, so they, so, the, so they, they can be killed by the bees. So they get a whole swarm of bees coming in and they can just, you know, sting them and that's it. That rat's dead but they can't move the carcass. So what they do is they cover it in propolis. And what it does is it stops the any infection coming from the dead carcass, spreading into the hive and causing harm to the entire hive. Um, propolis is a very ancient medicine. It goes back a very long way to say exactly how long. I don't know. Various books say various things, but at least hundreds of well, hundreds, if not thousands of years. Um, a lot of the literature I'm finding um, is actually very rare and hard to find, but a lot of it's coming from Russia. Um, there's a very old folklore um, uh, history in Russia of propolis. And along with honey, um, it's antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal. Um, I had some sort of shocking flu earlier this year, and the number one thing that I used was propolis, and I've made the extract myself. Um, I've sourced the propolis from a, a beautiful brother that I, I met at the Greenlight Market as well, um, who uh, has his own hives on Kangaroo Island. So this is really beautiful, pure honey and pure propolis from KI. And I say pure because there's no, it's, it's only native plants that they're collecting this from. So um, whereas other propolis is a combination of plants, and it's not to say it's better or worse, but, I mean, it's unique. And there are compounds that there's uh, Sydney University uh, currently um, studying that have been for the last few years that they're finding in Kangaroo Island propolis that they're not finding anywhere else on the planet. Um, and that's just like that's next level. I mean, anti-cancerous compounds and um, compounds that can kill off viruses that nothing else can touch. And so if I get a bit of a tickle in the throat, I spray a bit of propolis um, and um, it's uh, extracted with honey as well um, and in an alcohol form. Um, and, um, yeah, literally just spray a little bit on the back of the throat and within five to ten minutes it's gone. And so... So amazing. I, I feel like every couple of months someone tells me a new mind-blowing fact about bees. <laughs> like the amount of complexity to that insect is insane. Like what mm. they do, you know, I learned about bee pollen from another guest. I like, yeah, it's insane. And there was something about the kangaroo island bees as well I, I heard about one day. Like they're very rare because they've never left Angry Island, something like that. Do so, you know? Yeah, so a little bit. So um, they are the original Ligurian bee, which are actually from Italy, um, but they yeah. haven't been adulterated in any way. They're not um, – that's another word I'm looking for. They're, they're pure in their original form. Um, there's no diseases 
um, there is always the threat of disease. And, um, you know, um, if you ever want to, to talk to someone about that in depth, I invite you to go to the market and have a chat with Greg because he was talking to me about that a few weeks ago. And it's just something he's very passionate on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it really, the threat that's coming really made him stop and go, oh, hang on, do I want to be a beekeeper? Because if I keep doing this and that, that happens, um, I'm completely out of work. Um, but there's more reason for him to keep doing beekeeping so he can help prevent it from happening. Um, so he saw the, the other side of it as well. And I can't think of the term of it right now, but there's a particular disease that is, um, yeah, that is showing up as a threat. Um, but I mean, what I find interesting is as, as we globally are facing all of these various threats of extinction and, um, you know, the spread of disease and, and viruses and whatnot, we're also having the spread of, uh, of the awakening of consciousness and the spread of the fact that we're, regardless of who we are and where we're from, we're all in this together and, and the only way out is together, is, is to work together and to connect and, um, and so, you know, it's one of the things I love about that market, you know, that everyone's just so open and, and friendly and sharing their knowledge and experience. And, um, yeah, and so, like, um, just to, to make a point as well, that I've personally never seen anyone have a, um, a negative effect of propolis. However, there is that disclaimer that if someone has a bee allergy to um, always, like, proceed with caution and um, you just use it you spray a little bit on your hand or something first and make sure you don't have a reaction because um, I'm, I'm being my having my mind blown more and more all the time with hearing about various people's allergies and what some people are so incredibly sensitive like I've got a friend who I've just found out is allergic to plants all and plants? Um, pretty much all plants and she's a full-blown carnivore yeah exactly that's my reaction and it's so beautiful because um she's now recently found a beautiful partner who's a vegan (laughs) and and they're just a beautiful example that it can work opposites attract Correct. And um, <laughs> it's just so funny. And and yet I'm, my mind's like, oh, my God, like there's got to be something that can help detox that allergy that from her body. And I know like, I've listed a few things like turmeric is well known for that. Um, she definitely can't have turmeric, you know. And yeah, turmeric, I'm on the turmeric teas every morning at the moment. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with the, um, the combination of turmeric and black pepper? Yes. Yeah, why I don't, please explain why the black pepper is added because I don't really like the taste of it with the black pepper and yep. I do it like every second day because so I'm like, I know it's meant to be with black pepper and I activate something, but I love your explanation. Okay, so the main active principle in turmeric is called curcumin and mm-hmm. um, in, in a nutshell, um, it's potent anti-inflammatory. Um, there are enzymes in the body that break it down from being fully absorbed in the gut um, and then uh, if you then have black pepper in the mix, the black pepper contains piperazine alkaloids, which inhibit those enzymes, and they allow the curcumin to be absorbed up to 2,000 times more. And I've like heavily researched that. So it's a big claim. That's but a lot, lot more, yeah. It's a <laughs> lot more. So, so, yeah, so the major difference between... Um, yeah, between taking turmeric with and without is is that. And both of them actually act on the endocannabinoid system. Um, and, you know, just to elaborate on that for a moment, the um, endocannabinoid system is not just limited to cannabinoids. It is also interacted with by 
um, uh, what are called terpenes or triterpenes or terpenoids. So terpenoids is a big class of compounds that cannabinoids are a part of. Uh, and when you start looking into the endocannabinoid system and you look into things like, say, turmeric, black pepper, ginger, um, echinacea, cacao, so chocolate's another great one, um, then they're, all of these things and many more are interacting with the endocannabinoid system either directly or indirectly. Um, and sometimes you want to combine them together and sometimes you don't. And like one example I'd love to, I'm, I'm, I want to play with, and so there's turmeric and black pepper and CBD would be an interesting combination. Um, but propolis infused All with All right, CBD. well, I have some of your CBD oil and I always wonder when am I going to have it. So I will start putting it in the tea. <laughs> Nice. And if I put honey with that as well, that won't affect anything. So if it's like turmeric, black pepper, CBD, and honey, that'll be okay? Yeah, as far as I know, um, there's no known contraindications between any of those. Um, I can quickly throw that in. I'll just say one more thing first to do with the honey because, like, uh, mm-hmm. it's just, I'm, I'm just, I just love, I'm just passionate about learning all these new things, right? I think you're the same. And Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so... I, I've been given even more reasons to eat honey. Um, so apologies to any vegans out there. I mean, no disrespect to anyone that doesn't want to eat honey and you've got your own personal reasons I feel reasons like there's so much love um, in the beekeeping honey process, though. It, it really from depends what I've on seen. the... Well, yeah, from what you've seen. So it really does depend. And I'd say in Australia, the practices here are pretty good, but there are some beekeepers around the world that are pretty rough in how they mm-hmm. do things. And I think you could say that across all industries. Um but honey, if you take a teaspoon of – honey is incredible. Um, but if you take a teaspoon of honey at night, about an hour before bed, it helps to release tryptophan, which breaks down into serotonin, 5-HTP, 5-hydroxytryptophan, serotonin, and then melatonin, which then balances your moods, balances your digestive system, and balances your sleeping pattern. So eating a teaspoon of honey, even a teaspoon of honey every night, will actually help you sleep. Um, and I was thinking, but it's sugar, right? It's, it's simple sugars, so your body can break it down much easier. So the benefits of it balancing your sleeping pattern um, may actually outweigh the stimulation of the sugar. So, I mean, that I've only just learned that a couple of days ago. So um, I encourage people to go do their own homework anyway, but on any of this, um, don't believe what I say. <laughs> Question me as well. <laughs> um, but um, I was going to go uh, touch upon something real quickly. Um, if I go back to it, um, so it's do with the endocannabinoid system, I believe. Um, oh, so uh, I remember now. So, so ter- that was so like, good to watch you visually like search your brain. I like saw. <laughs> like, I was like, no, nah, he's going to get there. <laughs> um, so, so essentially, going back to propolis, just real quickly, propolis is a combination. Uh, if you if it wasn't collected by bees, we'd call it resins. Because mm-hmm. it's collected by bees, it's called propolis. So um, it, essentially the resins are jam-packed with so many goodies, depending on the plants or depending on what things are in there. So I'm not going to go around referencing things. But um, essentially you'll find terpenes amongst prop- within propolis as well. And so when you start looking into terpenes, terpenes are aromatic compounds found in all plants. It's where the taste and the smell comes from of everything. And a great example of, um, of terpenes or terpene combinations are essential oils. Essentially, essential oils are combinations of terpenes. So mm, you look at something like, um, um, I think I actually have some terpenes in front of me. I do. Look at that. Relief terpenes. So I actually do sell terpene blends as well. Um, 
So this one has, say, beta-carophyllene, myrcene, and alpha-pinene. So alpha-pinene, self-explanatory, you'll find it in pine, right? You'll find it in various other plants as well. Um, Carophyllene, uh, you'll find that in heaps of different plants. Um, These are all found in cannabis as well. And myrcene is found in mangoes in the highest levels. Uh, There's an old wives' tale, um, not telling kitties to go out and do this, (laughs) but there's an old wives' tale as an example of how terpenes work that if you eat a bunch of mangoes before you decide to consume cannabis, that it will actually have a stronger effect on the body. Um, and there's actually truth in this because mangoes are really rich in myrcene and myrcene is a powerful analgesic and anti-inflammatory. So um, you don't... I would have, have done that before. <laughs> you just eat a heap of mangoes. You, I you just love have... mangoes, so yeah, that would have happened you, before. You, you can't go wrong, right? <laughs> you can't yeah. go wrong with mangoes. And well, so, you actually... Know, I got told that they do spray a really bad chemical on the skin of mangoes, which made me upset. Ah, but so but I haven't researched it, so. And I would say, but that you Just can't, it's you real, can't, real. you can't say that it's the mangoes' fault, right? It's not the mangoes. Oh, it's definitely not the mangoes. Um, <laughs> and I guess so, so. Like something I'd really like to maybe just sort of um, summarize at the end is is what I've come to learn is we are absolutely what we eat, and. Mm. Um, so it, this goes well beyond herbs. This goes well beyond food. This is, we are what we consume. So we are what we listen to. We are what we read. We are what we watch. And we are, of course, what we what we drink, what we smoke. If we smoke, we are what we consume on all levels. Mm-hmm. And it's something to be aware of um, and, and not to guilt trip ourselves either because that's actually, I think, on some levels more toxic than the thing itself. Mm-hmm. Um And so really what this is all about is coming back home, coming back into balance, coming back into the the now here present moment. Uh, And one of my favourite things I've learned about the endocannabinoid system, I mean, sure, like I'm happy to um, assist people with CBD if that's what they feel called to work with. Um, However, the most powerful and cheapest forms of working and activating the endocannabinoid system is sunshine and exercise. Thank you for saying that because, Mm. like, people get so caught up with thinking, like, I need this, I need that, but sometimes it's just about refining your lifestyle and the basics before you add other things. I mean, I speak from first-hand experience of um, having such a huge collection of herbs and supplements that I've collected over many, 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 many years, and if you try everything at once, you don't know what's working. And you don't mm-hmm. know what's not working. Sometimes you want to com- combine things together. And so that's where, like, you know, we can get, we can provide pure CBD um, uh, isolate, which is CBD crystals. And that will may have some effect to some degree with some people. But what we want is, the, say, the full spectrum, um, where, which contains all everything that was in the plant. Um, and, and then you've got various herbal blends. So, I mean, I've got, I sell various herbs on their own, but I also started making blends as well. And they, they synergize, they work together. Um, and I, I think that's a beautiful analogy for, you know, how um, as a collective humanity can work together. And um, we are not separate to nature. We are nature. And I mm-hmm. think if you look at any other organism in nature that yeah. is, is thriving, it can't thrive unless everything in that environment is thriving. So humanity can't thrive unless we all thrive. And that's yeah. where I 
that's where I personally find us um, and that we're coming back home to that realisation. I say coming back home because home is here. Home is nature. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's the separation yes. that's caused that disease to begin with. Yes, 100%. Totally agree. And that's why I resonate so much with the information you're providing people and where your curiosity leads you is also where I've found mine. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, We are going to both be at the Universal Light Expo. Absolutely, yep. And that is in about two weeks or so. Uh, Oh, yeah, 29th. 29th and 30th, I believe. 29th and 30th of October, yes. Yep, at the Adelaide Showgrounds. People can head to their website and buy a ticket or buy a ticket at the gate, and then they can come have a chat with you see their products and yeah test a few things get even more information universal light expo 28th no 29th and 30th yes yeah and i'll be there as well um so yeah i'm excited to see you there in person again yeah and just be around so many like-minded people doing what they love and it's such a good environment and atmosphere isn't it yeah, definitely. And, and like I said, like that's what I feel. It's time for us all to reconnect, come back together and to work together. And we've all got something to learn from, from one another. Mm-hmm. And you do like your public talks and stuff about CBD going down that even more scientifically. Yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, I'm always happy to, um, to do talks like that, but I won't be doing any talks at this expo. Um, oh, okay. But, um, you know, watch this space. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Are you doing any other markets or expos or? Um, so we did have an, as, as you're aware, we did have an, an event coming up, um, the Taurus Ouroboros gathering, which is going to be postponed, not cancelled as such, but rescheduled. So this Saturday, um, I will actually be at the Greenlight Organic Market. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I just, uh, as you saw, I just um, went to the Queen of Wands Psychic Fair for the first time, that was in McLaren Vale on Sunday. The next one will be in Blackwood. Um, I don't have the date in front of me. I think it's the 13th of November, um, just another Sunday. Um, I am looking to go to that as well. And for anyone that is out in rural SA, because I don't know how far people uh, listen to your podcast, um, but um, there is an event, a Queen of Wands event in Robe in December. Um, along the limestone coast so um, that's a two-day event so that will be that's pretty much like what i've got planned for the rest of the year um, if you check out my i've got a facebook page herbal hindsight uh, i've also got the website herbalhindsight.com um, i do keep up to date uh, with what events i have going on um, so if you want to see where i'm going to be um, I, the facebook page is probably the the best go-to because i'll advertise the event on there um, and you, people are always welcome to reach out, send me a message. Um, you can also book in a phone, uh, a, a complimentary 30-minute phone consult with me as well um, via the website and uh, or just send me a message and we can arrange it. Um, and that's the best way that I can offer if I'm not in person to, um, you know, see where someone's at and see what may be the most beneficial for them, for thing for them moving forward. It, often it starts with CBD, but it's not where it ends. It, it's, you know, that's just the, the catalyst for the conversation most of the time. There's so many other things that may be of benefit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
yeah and maybe next time if you want to come back we can talk about medicinal mushrooms and all your other things the cacao so many other things yes (laughs) amazing all right well i'll leave it there but thank you again awesome no worries thanks for having me on it's been awesome